Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank God. How wonderful to be here and to be with you and feel what I feel. I so enjoyed the video last night. And uh, one of the things that I enjoyed was seeing Pastor Campbell. And what was so notable is that could have been shot last week. Though I'm talking about the one from the 90s. Thank God I'm, I'm so appreciative to Pastor Campbell and Connie for their faithful investment and staying the course. That's a wonderful thing over time. And uh, what a privilege it is to see all that God is doing here And uh, I'm honored that I have been able to come and share with you in the Word of God. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. A horse owner, racehorse owner from Texas who was a crook. (laughs) He took... Some of his racehorses to London to race. And he was feeding one of the horses some little white pills. When the Duke of Marlborough, who was one of the course stewards, saw him and he said, My good man, don't you know that performance enhancing drugs are illegal? And he said, These aren't drugs. He said, It's a sugar pill. Popped it in his mouth, chewed it up. And he said, here, you try one. Duke of Marlboro popped one in his mouth, chewed it up. And he said, it, it does taste like sugar. And he said, I'm, I'm very sorry for falsely accusing you. He said, no problem. Steward walked off. And then he told the jockey his instructions for the race. He said, when the race starts, get this horse in the outside lane. Because I'm telling you, there is nothing. Here that can catch that horse except me and the Duke of Marlborough. <laughs> Something more is sometimes what is needed. The scripture that we're going to read, Jesus speaks not of a performance enhancing drug. But he says, what we need on the earth is fire. And I want to preach about sending fire on this final night of this great conference. Luke 12, one verse, verse 49. And we'll read this together. Jesus said, I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish... It were already kindled. Sending fire. Let's talk about the great need. Jesus is wanting to bring about God's will in people 
and on the earth. But he's recognizing the difficulties in doing the will of God. There's human weakness. We have to be honest. If we're going to do the will of God, we are dealing with human beings in all of our flaws and weaknesses. It was Paul who his cry was, who shall deliver me from this body of death? There's the tendency to distraction. Luke 12 is the famous story. Jesus is going to talk about the will of God, but you know what happens in Luke 12 Jesus is preaching the word of God. Literally, God in the flesh is preaching. And in the middle of the sermon, a man goes, tell my brother to give me the money. What? That's a good picture of us. We are stirred at conflict. We know what we want to do, but let a little bit of time go by. We're like little kids playing T-ball, we're out in the outfield chasing butterflies. That's why we have to come to conference again, get reminded. We get distracted. Then there's natural difficulties. There's difficulties of jobs and finances and conflicts and people that pull against our decisions. And then there's the difficulties of ministry. I want to be honest with you. Preaching the gospel, doing anything for God It is the most wonderful, exciting thing in all the world. It is incredibly rewarding. It is also the hardest thing you will ever do in your life. Now, I'm being honest about that. There's human will. You are trying to bring about the purposes of God, sometimes in people who are resistant to the will of God. Then there's demonic resistance. The devil fights and tries to keep people bound in sin and blinded. 2 Corinthians 4.4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So Jesus is recognizing all these things that are arrayed against the will of God. And what he is expressing, it it is out loud, a, a longing that he has. But this longing has a great reality. Verse 49 says, Oh, how I wish that the fire was already kindled. Looking at all that is coming against the will of God, Jesus is telling us there are things that are not enough. Programs are not enough. Instructions are not enough. I instruct my disciples and pastors on the field, but I'm being honest with you, that is not enough. Human effort, I believe that God's people ought to be the hardest working people in the world, and yet human effort, hard work is not enough. Zechariah 4 is the great picture of the lampstand. And it's a vision that, that Zechariah is given. A, a, a large a, a lampstand and there's a, a, a bowl, but he gives a picture there of the wick. I don't know if you know this, but you and I are the wick in the lamp. A wick 
in and of itself can only smolder or at best it could flame up just for a few moments but a wick by itself cannot bring the light it needs something more we see in the bible there are times when people have been honest about their need recognizing that they were lacking something. The disciples said, we have fished all night and we have caught nothing. Another time they said, why couldn't we cast out the demon? Why is it not working? One of the sons of the prophets, he said, I lost the axe head. I had it. I used to have a cutting edge in my life, but something has slipped. I don't have it anymore. And so facing this, when we look at that, we have to make some choices. What are you going to do when you recognize in yourself, in your church, in your ministry, that what you have is not enough? You can deny the truth. You can just act spiritual and pretend all is well. How are things going? Hallelujah. Put on a good face. You can look at what currently is not working and you can say, must try harder. I will work hard. You can try in the energy of your own flesh. I am going to change things. Jeremiah 17, 5 and 6. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He'll be like a bush in the wastelands. He won't see prosperity when it comes. He'll dwell in parched places in the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. Some of you came into conference and you've been trying so hard. And obviously what you have is not enough. I pray that you understand the answer is not a pep talk from me so that you say, now must try harder of what is currently not working or you could face or you could make a new reality this is often what people do they look at the struggles of their own weakness they look at the lack in their ministry and so what do they do they lower their expectations they start forming theologies based on their experience when I went first into the ministry, uh, this was in Australia, many of the churches were struggling at that time. So I heard lots and lots of sermons on, you know, Elijah, he was sent into the desert and that's what God has you there. He's working on you. In the what was happening is people were changing God to fit their experience. Looking everywhere in the Bible. Oh, see that guy, he was struggling. That's us. You can make peace with your sin, your weakness, your habits. I guess the Lord just hasn't made me strong like others. Or you can make other things the focus of your life. I've tried ministry. I'm trying. It's not working. Why don't I just do something that I'm good at? Why don't I just make money and be happy? You could do that. Or you can allow 
the struggle to drive you to God, which is actually what he wants. When the disciples were fishing, they're fishing again, going back to the old ways, and they've fished all night with no fish, and Jesus is waiting on the shore, and he asks the question, children, have you any meat? Have you caught any fish? How is it working so far? And he wasn't wanting them to put on a brave face. He was wanting them to come to shore, which is what Peter ultimately did because he said, I need something more than I have. So let's talk about the answer that we see in the scripture here. All of the problems that we face, Jesus doesn't give us a list. He doesn't give us a book, a manual, a course. He sums it up. He says, oh, what we need is fire. Verse 49, I have come to send fire on the earth. Fire in the Bible is the symbol of God at work. God doing something. Abel's sacrifice, the Bible said, and God responded with fire. Samson's parents and Gideon, the answer when they questioned and asked God about the reality of his will, the answer was fire. Jesus tells his purpose here, I am come to send fire. Some translations say to cast fire. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist spoke of Jesus Christ and his ministry. And he said, he who is coming after me is mightier than I am. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That word baptize. He says, you're not going to dip your toe in. He's going to cover you. He's going to fill you with something that is supernatural. You have weakness. He has fire. You have problems. He has fire. And this is the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at the work of fire for a moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to World Evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. 
We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Number one, where there is fire, there is purging or cleansing. For God's will to be accomplished, sometimes what has to happen, there needs to be a power that removes what is not right. To remove what shouldn't be there or is stopping the will of God. Matthew 3, 12, right after the promise of of the Holy Spirit, he says, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Oh, this is what happens in genuine Holy Ghost ministry. When the Holy Spirit comes, one of the things that he does is he convicts and empowers to remove, to cleanse and purify. Oh, I want to tell you, God is able to deliver. God is able to change. God is able to take away the desires and the things that are stopping his will in our life fire brings purging number two fire brings passion what we need is God to ignite holy desires a holy want to John 2 17 his disciples remembered what was written the zeal of your house has eaten me up Listen to me, there has to be something beyond you have to. Preaching has to be much more than three more things you're not doing and you should do it. I preached this morning three things that you're not doing and I'm giving you three more things. You better do it, you have to. Oh, that is doomed for failure. That is not Holy Ghost preaching. Yes, Holy Ghost preaching tells the truth. But I want to tell you where the Holy Spirit is. God's will is to ignite in us the purposes of God. This is the mark of revival. We use that word. We're praying for revival. We're believing for revival. One of the things that happens in genuine revival of the Holy Ghost is that there comes desires for the things of God. People want to. They want to do right. They want to pray. They want to evangelize. They want to give. They want to go. Thank God. A.W. Tozer said, I'm looking for the fellowship of the burning heart. For men and women of all generations everywhere who love the Savior until adoration becomes the music of their soul, until they don't have to be fooled with and entertained and amused, Jesus Christ is everything all in all. Listen, this is Holy Ghost fire. Last night, we had a man, he drove a van down from Prescott and brought numbers of our men who are drug addicts. And currently, we started our own rehab. That's just a name. We're getting him in contact with the Holy Ghost. That's what it really means. Brought him down. There's a man who just 
a few short weeks ago was a drug addict, but he came into the presence of God last night and in the van on the way home, he said, I feel called to preach. And in the van, they sent me an audio file. He was preaching in the van. Listen, that didn't come because I got him up against the wall and said, you will. You have to. That's what we do around here. Oh, listen, when the Holy Ghost comes, people want to. People want to. Fire is finally power. Fire is effective at changing things. The wallow fire that we had in 2011, in the newspaper they said the problem with a fire of this size is it creates its own wind. It jumps obstacles. It sweeps and consumes everything in its path. So here is fire. It purges and removes what shouldn't be there. It ignites desires, but then it brings supernatural effectiveness. Anytime you read the word anointing in the Bible, you want to understand anointing? It means supernatural effectiveness. That means when you are anointed, things work. Listen, I have watched some of the lamest movies on earth. But when the Holy Ghost was there, people are getting saved that touched my life. How? I have heard some of the lamest altar calls. Test of singing. I've heard singing. That was wonderful tonight. I want to be honest with you. I've had some people in my church. It was like someone was strangling cats. But oh, the Holy Ghost came down. And that is what fire does. Words become effective. Micah 3, 8, I truly am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Acts 2, 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and rested on each of them. There is something about Holy Ghost fire that a few words, when they are spoken, it burns through resistance. Something happens that is beyond clever logic, that is beyond human ingenuity. God causes, like in Acts 2.38, Peter is preaching. You can read the sermon. It's, there's nothing super profound or clever, but while he's preaching, they begin to cry out, the Bible says they were pricked, they were pierced to the heart, and they began to cry out, what shall we do? Because that is what Holy Ghost fire does. The poet William Blake wrote a poem about Pentecost. Part of it says, unless the eye catch fire, God will not be seen. Unless the ear catch fire, God will not be heard. Unless the tongue catch fire, God will not be named. Unless the heart catch fire, God will not be loved. Unless the mind catch fire, God will not be known. Fire. Listen, in a few moments, Pastor Campbell is going to announce workers. And we had people announce last night. Can I give you the greatest advice? I sometimes get, I, I travel and people want to ask me, you know, Pastor, what, uh, can you give me some tips for ministry? Get the fire. Oh, what we need is to get filled with the Holy Ghost. 
That everywhere we go, we take the fire. That when we sing, when we testify, when we witness, when we pray, there is something of Holy Ghost fire. Jesus says, oh, I have come to cast fire on the earth and send fire. Let's look finally at sending fire. Now, we make a mistake if we reduce Holy Ghost fire to a feeling. I often get people that ask, they want to know about the church. Are you charismatic? Absolutely not. Charisma has to do with the Holy Spirit. What's the difference between a charismatic and a Pentecostal? A charismatic believes in the Holy Spirit, and he likes it because it feels good. He's here. How do you know? I felt it. I tingled. Oh, I fell. I laughed. The Holy Spirit was so wonderful. Oh, the service was so powerful. Then, bro, if it's so powerful, how come you can't quit smoking? And no one else feels the impact of their feeling. All they're going to do is look for the next meeting that they can attend. Jesus is clear here. He's not just simply, I, 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 want, I want y'all to feel good. The point of fire is to spread the influence of God. I came to send fire on the earth that it would burn here or there. Remember a story I told you a number of years ago? When I was a little kid, we are playing with our, our little army men, our cars, and you know, kids are getting bored and then we're making crashes. And then we thought, man, that crash would be really cool with fire. And so, you know, we, somebody went and got a little gasoline, put it on there. And we lit up our army men. And the, now that little plastic car, that was a real crash. It's like, woo. But, you know, you're never happy when you have no brains. And so the fire was dying out. And I said, why don't we put some more gas on there? They had one of those five-gallon metal cans with the flexible metal hose. And so I said, I'll put some more gas on there. And I started to pour it on, and the flames come up. And now all of a sudden, my, I'm holding a gas can, and it's on fire. And now all of a sudden, I've got brains. This is not good. <laughs> and so I very wisely did what you do when you're in trouble, I panicked, and I began to go, ah, 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 and as I did that, now instead of having a fire here in the can, I have fires everywhere in the yard. I'm starting fires everywhere, and then it blew up, and I died. Why are you still listening? No, I'm, oh, Lord, I think... It's unbelievable that I'm alive, as stupid as I've been. (laughs) But Jesus says, that's what I want to do. That's what conference is. We come to get the fire so that we can send it. And send it out. Yes. Last night, you heard announcements even overseas that we can cast the fire 
This is God's purpose to ignite in us so we can start Holy Ghost fires, influence other people come and come. Listen, if you get on fire, if you get full of the Holy Ghost, people that come in contact with you, they can't help but catch the fire. And fire comes not by having tingle meetings of the charismatics. Fire comes to people who are going to evangelize. Listen, we come, we pray, we call on God, get full of the Holy Ghost. Why? So that when we leave here, when we are at the burger place, when we're in the grocery store, when we're standing in line, when we're out on the street seeing our family at work, at school, that we begin to open our mouth and cast fire. Because the kingdom of God operates by flow as we cast out and then say, God, I need some more. He creates a flow. And Jesus says, oh, how I want to send. I want to cast fire. The Holy Spirit is all about evangelism. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the ends of of the earth this is what it's all about Jesus says you wait until you get the fire and then you'll be my witnesses listen to me you want Holy Ghost fire commit yourself when we leave here tonight that you're going to evangelize in your church pastor if you should have planted a church this week and you didn't because you're waiting until the Holy Ghost fire touches you you've got it around back to front There has to be an outflow of the Holy Spirit and then God is able to help us. John Wesley, he was kicked out of the Anglican church because he was too radical. He preached in the fields instead of churches. John Wesley was only four foot 11, but he shook a continent for Christ. One time John Wesley was preaching in a crowd and a group of thugs who'd been bragging that they were going to interrupt the preaching. They're gonna beat him up. But he preached anyway. In the middle of the message, the gang approached him with sticks and clubs. But he didn't stop preaching. John Wesley was full of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly, the leader of the thugs stopped and said, look, he glows. He glistens. And they put down their clubs, sat down, listened to the preaching, and all of them got saved. Oh, what God could do. Listen, if you came this week and you were hoping for some clever thing and the ancient Greek and you never heard of that, this is the wrong place. But if we would say, God, we confess we need more. God, what we have has been, this is wonderful. But oh, in the wickedness in America, what is, you're not going to talk people out of insanity. Holy Ghost fire needs to sweep in us and then sweep across America. I say, let the fire fall. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. There's a poem as I close. We'll walk the streets with hearts of fire and every step will be a prayer. Hope is rising. New day dawning. The sound of singing fills the air. 
2,000 years and still the flame is burning bright across the land. Hearts are waiting, longing, aching for awakening once again. Let the flame burn brighter in the heart of the darkness, turning night to glorious day. Let the song grow louder as love grows stronger. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let's bow our heads. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.